Welcome to Depressed Dolphins. <laughs> Jumping into it. Uh, this is not, this is not, uh, uh, what's the word? Not expected. Uh, suddenly I was in a podcast. Suddenly he was in a podcast. I wanted to cu- catch him off guard. I think he thought it was funny. Um, I'm your host, Jordan. Uh, and I am once more Briggs Shellen, at least for the time being. What do you mean for the time being? You planning on taking someone else's name? Huh? Huh? I mean, you never know. Prince got rid of his name for a really long time. You're not getting rid of your name. I like your name. Yeah, but then I could be the artist formerly known as Briggs Shellen. No. Um, okay, so we're going to do story time podcast. Okay, what are we... What story? You got to think about your story. I'll, I'll, I'll start with mine. Oof, okay. Okay. Wait, I was what's wa- the theme? We're just doing any Just any story. story any okay. story. You can think about something uh, funny, something positive, something existential dread, whatever you want to do. But you think about your story. I'll start with mine. So I saw a lot of these going on on TikTok, as as I as you do, as I do. Um, Briggs over here rolling his eyes. Uh, <clears throat> so I was watching crazy mother-in-law stories. So I have two. Um. Well, I have a couple. So the first one, so as you guys know, I had a previous marriage before Briggs. I got married really young, got married at 19. Um, Mistakes were happened, but I look at it that mistakes happened. But I look at it as if I didn't make this mistake or I didn't, you know, go through what I went through, then I wouldn't have, A, been as experienced as I am, and B, wouldn't have met Briggs. So it worked out. Okay. So, first mother-in-law story is my previous husband was, and he wasn't my husband at the time, he was a boyfriend, Mm. went to basic training, and basic training for the Air Force is eight weeks, eight and a half weeks, something like that, and um, my mother-in-law asked to meet me up for coffee, and I was like, okay, sure, thinking this is a positive thing. She's finally accepting me into the family after dating for quite some time at this point, I think it was like two, two and a half years, maybe longer. Um, and yeah, she brings me up for coffee, asked if I received a letter from my ex, asked if I received a letter from my ex. And I was like, no, um, I haven't received a letter. Like, you know, it's been like a week or something, you know? And she's like, well, I receive a letter like all the, I receive letters all the time. And I'm like, Okay, so he's a mama's boy writing. He can write. He has time to write his mother, but he doesn't have time to write his girlfriend. That's really strange. Well, you know, you're in competition for his love with his mother, naturally. Oh, yeah. Um, She and I had a very difficult relationship. She accepted me when I was a family friend, loved me, even claimed me as her own daughter. And then as soon as I started dating her son, things flipped. Yeah, it suddenly got awkward. Suddenly it was awkward. Suddenly I was taking the only man in her life because her husband was a drunk. Anyways... <clears throat> yeah oof calling you out calling you out lynn Len. uh anyways so the funny thing is um you know we start talking about the letters she starts bragging about all the letters she's gotten and oh he's written me so much i'm sure he's written you a lot too and i'm like yeah but in my head i'm like no i write him a letter every day and i haven't received the same amount and i just chalked it up to he didn't have that kind of time which is true in some senses but i'm like in others like I mean, he writ. Here's here's the other fucked up thing. I had asked him to stop talking to a girl uh, because 
she was obviously very clearly into him or at least was like somewhat emotionally connected to him was asking coming in for advice all the time which I just I thought it was weird I was like you don't need to be this close to you can be friends but like you don't need to be this close to this other woman I think that's weird when you're in a relationship like there's boundaries that need to be had and I was trying to explain that to him he refused to put up those boundaries and it was a constant repetitive fight that we had for like three plus years in our marriage maybe even more which we were only married for four years so you can guess that yeah the whole the whole time I was married to him we were fighting about this one chick proportionally it was a long time (laughs) it was a long time uh I had found out that he wrote to her while he was in basic that's weird yes yes he wrote her and a few other friends and he was just like oh they're just friends and i'm like but i wrote you every day every day because i knew it was going to be hard and i wanted to get you through it and help you and support you in a way that the only way i can really which because you don't get to see them until the end yeah so anyways found out that years later that was annoying anyways so then after she starts bragging about all the letters, whatever, she gets into, you know, what's you guys' plan? You guys going to get married? And starts getting, like, pissy and weird. And essentially, these words came out of her mouth. You are ruining his life. You, you know, it's your fault that he joined the military, which I actually implored that he didn't because I was like, we're not, what if we don't see each other? I felt that I was more into the relationship than he was at the time. I felt like I wasn't going to see him, you know, whatever. And so I was like, no, that was actually all. I didn't, I didn't ask him to join the military. She's like, you wanted him to join the military so you guys can get married. Because what was keeping us from getting married at the point was having stable jobs, both of us. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's actually not the case. So that was one of the very many inc- incidents that I had with my former mother-in-law. Second one is about my new mother-in-law. Okay. Uh, and she is amazing. She is amazing in so, every way. She's the complete... Briggs, she's all right. It's your mom you're talking about. Yeah. She is completely the total polar opposite of my former mother-in-law. Um, never once said that I was ruining Briggs' life. If, in fact, the opposite. She's always said, I've improved your life, you know, whatever. She's short. She's ethnic. She's got dark hair. That's his mom he's describing. Yeah, she's the opposite. She's physically the opposite. Well, no, his mother was Navajo. Oh, I thought she was tall. And no, she wasn't tall. No, she was Never short, mind. short like me. I don't me. know what I'm talking about, guys. No, the opposite in attributes. Yeah. The opposite in attributes and character. So she, after only meeting me, having met me once, flew all the way down from Florida to Idaho to help me drive across country in the middle of the pandemic when the first the pandemic first hit and everything went on lockdown in March of 2020. Drove down or flew down and then drove with me cross-country and bonded with me had good time bought me steak dinners bought me some thai food yeah, meals met, like, once before yeah that. we had only met once at a dinner you know over steak which she paid for like she was just so nice so nice so wonderful so yeah you know mama cindy if you're listening i love you well, um again she thought i was homosexual before you showed up so, you know. Only because Briggs is a gentleman and he doesn't just go... He doesn't like the idea of just going around having sex with a bunch of women. Exactly. That is accurate. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I want to obtain your character here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Explain some things. You want to make sure people know the situation. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so those are my two mother-in-law stories. Um, and another story time is about my ex. Okay. 
And this is just for all you ladies out there. If you, if don't ignore the red flags, just don't. Uh, towards the end when we were getting divorced, he confesses to me, which his mom wanted him to have this firefighting career because his uncle had a firefighting career. He wanted him to follow suit in it. He was volunteering at the fire department for many, many, many years before he met me and went through fire training academy, all this stuff. But he's like not even five, seven, very short and physically couldn't do it. So around the time when he joined the military, I find out years later, as our marriage is ending, that it was not because he didn't want to do firefighting. It was because he couldn't physically do it. And he told me that. I felt that I couldn't physically do it. I felt that I wasn't good enough. I felt that, you know, I'm short and there was a lot of exercises that I couldn't do, which is fine. If you want to admit that, that's fine. But never once told me, I had been ragged on for years by his mom as if I was the reason for him ending his firefighting career. Mm -hmm. And never once did he stuck, stick up for me about that. Never once did he, you know, whatever. No, instead, I find out years later, as we're sitting here basically just, you know, having this fight, whatever, we're basically on the brink of divorce at this point. He basically confesses this to me and says, you know, so basically I didn't actually complete my checklist to that they needed for I basically he was his volunteer time was up and they were going to get ready to hire him at this point as a firefighter and he didn't complete his check checklist they had a bunch of things that he had to do while volunteering like you know do this exercise have someone supervise some get that bug have have someone supervise look at look at the posts right there right there do you see that big thing that black thing right there right there Oh, I see it. Okay, sorry. I just can't stand bugs, guys. Um, but essentially, he had told me he didn't have, you know, like have a supervisor write off on those tasks. Like, hey, he completed this. He completed this. He can do this. He can do this. Whatever. He didn't complete it. He never completed it because he realized very quickly on in his career that he didn't have what it took to be a firefighter. And instead of telling me that his closest confidant Someone he's dating, someone he's married. We've been married for f four years, going on five at this point when he finally admits this to me. I'm like, that's a huge red flag because to keep something that big from your significant other. It's a real problem. Yeah. And it, it made me feel like, okay, so for five plus years that we were dating seven together, you, or not dating, sorry, f almost five years marriage, seven together total. You couldn't trust me with that huge thing. Like, you felt like you couldn't come to me. Like, I would judge you or whatever. I'm and like... Then you let you let me take the fall for all that shit with your family. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's it's messed up. So, yeah. those, are my, those are my stories um, for now. But, like, basically, you know, the moral of the story is when you... At, it's it's just goes to show you can be with someone for a long time and never truly know them. I was gonna say it sort of goes to show another thing too that even some gigs in the military, right? As a military guy, some gigs in the military are easier than the firefighter world. That yeah. shit's hard. Well, and the thing is, is his recruiter was like, "Oh, you've been through fire academy. We can get you a firefighting job." And strangely enough, he didn't go through that. Weirdly enough, he said no. he said no. <laughs> Which I thought was weird, too. I thought maybe he was going to try to go that route because it wasn't working for him in the civilian route. Yeah. And come to find out, it wasn't not working for him. He just was lazy. 
Oh, military firefighter is a gig I wouldn't I wouldn't put on anyone. That is one of the hardest gigs in the whole military. Well, funny thing, the job that he ended up choosing, which I'm not going to say for privacy purposes, but the job that he ended up choosing basically at the base that we were stationed at for his like I don't know. The Army calls it AIT school. I don't know. I can't remember what the Air Force calls it. But Tech school. Yeah, tech school. For his tech school, they were training the firefighters there, which was so fucking funny to me. I was like, oh, interesting. That could have been him. But, again, never knowing. Never knowing. And we this was like at a point when we got married, we were at a really good spot. I felt like we were at a better spot, you know, whatever. And by this time, we had gotten married because... You know, I I wanted to see him, you know, whatever in his career. And I was like, so are we going to get married? Like, what do you want to do? Because at this point, you're going to get shipped off somewhere and we're going to either have to continue this long distance distance or get married. And he was like, no, let's let's get married. You choose the date and time and whatever. So then we he never proposed to me. That was another thing. Never got a proposal out of this man. Um, It was basically me saying. I'm scared that I'm going to lose you. And then him being like, yeah, yeah, we can still see each other. Yeah, go ahead. Let's get married. No. Which is never a good thing. Red flag, ladies. Red flag. Ladies. Red flag. <laughs> um, we get married at a court, which, funny enough, we got married in California in Yolo County, which nice. never ceases to crack me up. I'm like, why did I not see, like, literally all the red flags? Yolo. YOLO, you only live once, get married while you're 19. I'm like, I could have been dating other people. I could have ended the relationship. I would have been fine. I was young enough that I would have recovered from it. Yeah, you would have been happy. I would have been happy. But it worked out because I met Briggs. But anyways, years down the road. Years down the road. Um, Yeah, I made it to him, made it with him to tech school, to Hawaii and then to uh, Maryland and then that's where things ended Um, because I'm not gonna lie I went a little crazy I went a little crazy I was super depressed Um, I had no family or friends and in Hawaii we made friends pretty fast and it just wasn't happening in Maryland I didn't like the friends that we had at the time Um, they were just really surface level to me and just kind of I don't know, like, there was never, like, the deeper conversations, whatever. And so I wanted to explore making new friends. And I was also in a really vulnerable position. And, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't a good situation. But um, where was I going with this? Yeah, so when we got married, you know, whatever, I thought we were at a good place. But, yeah, apparently not because years later he tells me this secret that he's been keeping from me from our whole relationship after I told him how his mom told me that I was ruining his life while he was away in basic training. So... There's that. Um, And I'll never forget the day that I went and we went to California back to visit his sister. And Mm -hmm. I was actually in his sister's wedding. So I remember seeing those photos. Wedding photos. It's hilarious. Wedding photos ruined because now I'm the bitch that divorced your brother. But uh, yeah, so I was the maid of honor, which just cracks me up. But the thing that like got me, though, one of the things, the other things that got me while we were having problems, I know he was communicating to his family about that. He, they find out we're having problems. Mom never reaches out to me. Dad never reaches out to me. Sister, who I was close with and was friends with before I was friends with him growing up, never reached out to me. Uh, When I left and exited his life, still none of them reached out to me. 
to see if I was okay? Is there anything we can do to help? Do you like anything, right? No, none of them did. Which just goes to show that I, they didn't really care about me. Yeah. They didn't. Because if something were to happen between me and Briggs right now, his mom would be like, what can I do? Yeah, they do might you, disown me. Yeah, then, and she would be like, what can I do? Can I watch Finn for you guys? Can I do whatever? Like, whatever it is, do you, do you want me to pay for counseling? Like, whatever it is, she would help us out. Yeah. That's the difference between a good family and a family that really just doesn't give a shit about you. What is it, what's, what's the thing we have to say if we need her to come out here? Uh, was it peaches or something like Yeah, I think that? it's like peaches. Yeah, she has a safe word for us. She's like, if you ever need anything, just say peaches. And I will be there. I will be there. Yeah. I, lo- I love her. She's funny. Um, yeah. So there, there's that. And, you know, um, I know there's like been questions about our divorce, whatever. The thing about me is when we were going through the divorce, yeah. I, which I feel like probably some of my friends listen to this and some of them are wondering what happened. A, I was so depressed and apathetic and numb that I didn't care if I lived or died. That's where I was at when things were ending. And when we were going through our problems, which we had problems throughout the marriage, but this being in a place where you don't have really family or friends really amplified that. Um, and, you know, there was just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I'm not going to go into the sex life or, you know, whatever, but like, yeah, there was issues there. It was just, you know, it was, just wasn't good. Um, and, you know, B, it came down to a point where I was not only so depressed, didn't care if I lived or died, I wanted to make new friends. He didn't want me to make new friends, especially because I was like, I do better with the opposite sex of friends. And you've never listened to me about some of the boundaries that I wanted with the opposite sex of friends. So I feel like I can make the opposite sex friends just as much as you can because he has all these people from work on his Facebook, all these people on social media, people he talks to every day. And I am not... Well, he's being hypocritical. He's being hypocritical, but I'm not blind to what goes on with married men in the military with their coworkers. The thing is, he was being hypocritical and also being an asshole, right? Because it's one thing if it's like, hey, honey... Uh, you're, you're making some friends that, you know, I, I trust you, but you're making some friends who I, I'm a little concerned about. Uh, right. I would like, cause our relationship isn't great. I'd prefer if we reconsolidate and stick to each other, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, but in that situation, I'm going to step away from, from the female friends, you step away from the guy friends, whatever. Right. But no, he's literally like, Hey, you can't have guy friends. No, of course I'm going to have girlfriends. Of course I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. It turned I'm in- not fucking them. Yeah, of course I'm fucking them. Well, I mean, I don't think he was, but the problem is, um. is I know that married men constantly complain to their female coworkers in the military specifically. In fact, there was a meme that um, the girl that he would not let go of for whatever reason mm-hmm. posted recently, um, and it was basically about how... Um, you know, the NCO, it's like NCO says, I hate, I can't stand my wife. I fucking can't stand my wife. And then it's like me. Oh, so we're going to work late, huh? Like, okay. So you think that's cool? You think that's cool as a single female to be privy to someone else's relationship and what, what goes on? It's one thing to have friends and ask advice. Hey, 
things aren't going so great, whatever. Or, hey, what should I be doing differently or whatever. Go to advice is a different thing. Yeah, advice is a different thing than bitch bitch sessions. Yeah, bitch sessions, fucking. uh, Or using them to avoid issues in the relationship. Yeah, or even just emotionally feeding off of them being mm-hmm. like i can't stand my wife and then having talking to confiding in another female and being like or another male yeah, making that connection with somebody else yeah, right that that that's completely different and so i'm not saying he did that i'm not you know whatever but i'm just saying like i'm not blind to that i mean his friends would talk about shit like that all the time yeah. there was one guy in particular that was constantly upset and unhappy in his marriage. None of us thought his marriage would last, but ours failed and his continued on, you know, and to say, who's to say if that guy's really, truly happy or not. Um, But, you know, it came down to that. It came down to uh, a lot of things. I definitely caused some problems in our relationship towards the end because of how numb I was. But here's the thing. I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar 2 until... 2019 a year later after our divorce um and it wasn't even a year later it was in october we divorced in december so i mean it was official in december like it had processed it through the court already by then it took a while for them to process we filed in like september or something like that but yeah so it was just one of those things where it's just like yeah like it was i'm not perfect for for sure and i did definitely did some things that i regret but you know, I stopped doing those things. And at a certain point, and I was like, yeah, this isn't sustainable. And, you know, we went to couples therapy and I hated my therapist. I felt like she, like by session three, she's like, okay, so we're basically talking about whether or not you guys should get a divorce. And I was like, okay, if this is session three, and you're just now figuring out that, hey, we're coming to you with marital problems, you're dumb. You're dumb. She also tried to diagnose me with um, a certain type of depression. I can't remember what it was, um, but there was that. So she diagnosed my depression then, but she asked if I wanted pills. But at that time, I was scared. I was scared to take pills. I didn't have, I grew up in a religious family. I didn't have that, uh, that lifestyle view of, I wasn't as like, I guess, mental health friendly and not because. I didn't want to be, but because I was scared and because there was a stigma about it and because I had been told in the past, just pray, just pray by my, my own mother at that point, you know, after having used the words, Hey, I think I'm depressed. Um, so yeah. And then obviously I get diagnosed with bipolar too. I definitely feel like I needed like a mood stabilizer when I was married to my ex. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It happens, you know, and it led to mental health help for me. It led to Briggs, um, which we met at work mm-hmm. and we're friends. And that's, that was the funny thing is I liked Briggs as a friend. That was it, yeah. you know? And when we went to hang out together, we hung out one time and it took me almost 45 minutes to get there because of traffic, because traffic's really bad in Maryland. And also people don't care if you live or die when they drive. They like, don't care. Like, they're just like, yeah, we're going to get into an accident. Oh, my insurance will cover it. It's crazy out there. Um, but we should, we hung out according to my ex for five hours and I'm like, okay, two of those was driving home. So really I hung out with him for two hours and also I don't sit and count when you're hanging out with your buddies or, you know, going to, you know, parties or whatever you're doing, like, you know, or, 
hey, why were you at work for so late? You were there for for over eight hours. You know, like, it's just stupid. You don't do that. And I'm like, I don't know. So a lot of things got, you know, kind of blown out of proportion, whatever. And on his end, pretty sure he was telling other people bunch of shit. I don't know what he was saying because I lost a lot of friends on Facebook and in general, no one no one asked me, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Sorry that this is happening. I just lost them. They just yeah. removed me as their friend, whatever." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Whatever." Um I also refused to talk about it with other people because I was like, "My mom knows. I confided in my mom and my closest friends know." Um, because I confided in them and, you know, I tried for the most part to keep it completely private because I felt that, you know, I didn't want to badmouth him to other people, but I felt the opposite was what was happening with me. Um, and also weirdly enough, this is the last thing he hung on to our bank account for a really long for a really long time i guys we divorced in 2018 i just finally got him to get rid of that bank account that had my name attached to it as well it was actually opened under his and then they added me so i couldn't remove or close it um like i could close it but like i needed a signature from him and you know whatever uh he didn't know all this though because he didn't do his research and he never does so Basically, it was 2020. I was pregnant with Briggs's child. And I was like, okay, I can't be having this financial ties with him. Because if he, you know, overdrafts his bank account or, or you know, goes into, um, you know, immense debt, whatever. I'm going to be financially reliable for that yeah. as well as him. Because my name's attached to it. So finally, I had to tell this guy, look, dude, uh, you have three days three to five days to get this done, something like that, three to five days to get this done. I gave him a date. I was like, I need it done by this date. Otherwise, I'm taking out all the money and I'm closing it and I can just Venmo you the money, which he didn't like, of course. And he was like, okay, well, I've tried with the Air Force, but like, I'm waiting on things. I'm like, you've been waiting on things for over three years at this point? Yeah. Like, what are you talking the about? Air Force give a fuck. Yeah. It's not like the Air Force controls your goddamn bank account silly fuck exactly so he was just lying to me and i was just like why does he it was basically like our only tie left yeah and briggs thought he was doing it because he wanted to keep that last tie with me which that's the only thing that makes logical sense why would you keep a bank account with someone for over three years that you've been divorced yeah there really isn't another reason at all right because like so the thing he was trying to argue is that all of his pay was coming through that bank account for some reason. And even if that's the case, I, I can tell you from personal experience, you can move bank accounts. <coughs> it's, it's a web app uh, uh, right now. You could do it in, in minutes. All you need is a, like a routing number. That's it. The, the, it used to be that you needed like a physical form. It would be a pain in the ass. It's not. Well, and also he's military, so he's exempt from those a lot of those things. Well, no, I mean, like, the army does, or the military does that same kind of stuff, but it's a military website you go through, right? Yeah, so it's just like, why, why, why? The army or the air force doesn't have to do anything with it. And the funny thing is, is I was able to see transactions from his current girlfriend now, Mm -hmm. um, which was her paying him her part of the rent or whatever, Venmoing or zelling it to her, to him, whatever, and... 
I feel like she found out about it because I kept threatening. Basically, it came past this date. And I was like, okay, I'm going to close it down today. So you need to do it today. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, I was like, awesome. Thanks. Please let me know when you get this done. And, you know, he did end up getting it done within that 24-hour period that I told him. But it took me basically threatening him to to get it off and don't get me wrong i wasn't going to keep the money i was going to send it to him you know whatever because you know it isn't it isn't my money anymore but legally it was because yeah because i was attached to that bank account so you know um i could have been a total bitch and just you know done it on my own but like i had been asking him for years at this point to get rid of it and then finally i had i had a conversation with my uncle who's a businessman owns his own business um rich guy and I was like, how do I get that? How do I get remove myself from the situation? He's like, okay, well, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can tell him you have this date by this date, you know, whatever you could close it down. Cause legally that's your money and just take the money. Uh, you could, uh, I don't know. Like there was a lot of things he said oh, there, there, he gave me, he's like, you know, I could give you a lawyer or whatever, and we can get this done taken care of right away. Like basically, cause basically I needed that signature from him if I wanted to do it because it wasn't my main account kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, so he gave me a lot of options and gave me some legal advice. So I went with the first option and I was like, you have by this day. And he went past that day, passed by a week at that point. And then I was like, dude, literally today, today or it's closing down. We're closing it and We're we can we can talk about how you want me to send you the money. You want me to send it to you cash in an envelope, a check, you know, whatever. I don't care, but it needs to it needs to get done. I can't be financially, you know, connected to, connected you. to you. Uh we we haven't been together for 3 years, you know, whatever. And he finally got it done. But yeah, it it was just weird. And here's the other thing. Last thing this time for sure. Here's the other thing. New Year's 2020. Not 2020. 2019. Mm. New Year's 2019. I'm sitting in Idaho in my bed. Me and Briggs are at this point dating long distance because we became more than friends. Um, And honestly, Briggs just was a really good guy. And at that point, like, I was just like, I don't want to lose your friendship. And then we were like, well, why don't we see where this goes as a dating thing? Like, that's basically what happened. Uh, Basically. Basically. But, so, New Year's 2019, I'm sitting there. I had just had my FaceTime date with Briggs because he was still um, at his duty station at the time. And I had moved away at that point. I was living on my, not on my own, but, like, I was roommating with my brother and his girlfriend. We were splitting the rent 50-50, you know, whatever. And um, I get this text. It's like just midnight at my place and Briggs had gone to work because he had to work holidays and you know I was sad and so I was just like sad watching the office or like some comfort show of mine and just kind of you know just sitting there chilling probably smoking some cigs here and there and basically I get this text at like 12 16 p.m or a.m sorry 12 16 a.m something along the lines of and it wasn't a text it was google hangouts which was something that we had used to message each other while he was at work because he can't have his phone in the building but he can be on a computer and chat me that way and so he literally 
and that's how we communicated for all the divorce stuff, everything. Like we just, for some reason he was just like super angry at me and didn't want to text me, which I get. Um, but I get this message from Google Hangouts out of the middle of nowhere. Haven't talked to the guy in, you know, who knows how long at this point. And essentially he tells me, he tells me this, he goes, I miss you. Just wish this wouldn't have happened to us or some, some weird shit. I miss you, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. It was something weird. All I remember is just like getting the I miss you. And then like a bunch of random drunk sounding messages, which I did the math. It was 2 a.m. his time, like just barely New Year my time. I was like, what the fuck are you doing at 2 a.m. in Maryland? The New Year's melancholy. The New Year's melancholy. The New Year's melancholy. It's so weird. And I don't know if he was with his girlfriend at the time or if he had even known her or if they were even a thing or what was going on. But, yeah, 2019, he had sent me those messages. And I was like, what the fuck? I texted one of my girlfriends, Dorothy, and I was like, dude, how the fuck do I even respond? Like, I basically responded like, are you drunk? Are you drunk messaging me right now? Because I was calling him out. I was calling him out. I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, yeah, but like we were, I mean, after that, I was just like, I I can't do this. Like, goodbye. Kind of a thing. There's a dog. Briggs loves all dogs. He's watching a dog poop right now. So that is my story, and that's a little background on the divorce. I left some stuff out because of my privacy and also his, because I'm not trying to badmouth, mostly just trying to show red flags here. But yeah, now I am happily married, have a kid with a really good guy who wakes up every morning to feed our kid and to take the dog out, walk the dog, feed the dog, makes me coffee sometimes makes me breakfast and you know cleans up a little bit picks up down around the house so that i don't have to worry about such a big mess or a mess or whatever from you know the previous night when we were too tired to do anything about it and yeah gives me kisses and hugs and loves goodbye and is just the best the best man and then obviously has a cool fucking family who loves me So don't have to worry about that. I mean, that was also another big thing about the divorce. I hated his family. They didn't talk about anything real. They ignored the fact that his dad was had an alcohol problem and it was all hush hush and pushed under the rug. Um, And, you know, divorce was not something that they wanted to do, which, you know, if that's what you want to do, you want to be miserable. Do it. Yeah. Whereas my family, very divorced. Uh, we all talk about each other's problems pretty consistently to each other's faces. Yeah. My family also very much divorced and, you know, also talks a lot about, you know, the divorce, the weird relationship with my dad, the weird relationship with my mom, like just everything. Yeah, I think I've told my mother that she's an alcoholic once a year, guaranteed. She's not. She's an alcoholic. No, she's not. She just enjoys a good glass of wine. Yeah, a good bottle of wine every night. Whatever. Um... His dad, though, was very clearly just like, yeah, it was just weird. And yeah, you know, just a lot of a lot of things. And then constantly being berated by your mother-in-law or little petty comments or like she told me one time when we went for his sister's wedding, 
me and her son were sharing a room, obviously, together because we were married. There's a bathroom directly across the hall from us. And she goes, you can shower in here, but my son has to shower in our shower. It's weird. In the in their bedroom shower. And I was like, why? And she's like, because it's the boys' bathroom. This one's the girls' bathroom. This is the one I shower in. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. And I'm sorry, but we're not strangers. We're not. It's a shower. It's a shower. I feel like she was doing it to like keep us from showering together. Yes. But I'm like, we don't do we don't do that kind of shit. We didn't do that kind of shit in front of family. You know, and we're not gonna just blatantly do that because it's it's gross. It's weird. Unless yeah, unless she was trying to keep things from happening, not like sexual things, but like like keep the bathroom vaguely clean or something or for cross-contaminating i don't, I don't know no, it wasn't that she was just weird about it was like touching in any way shape or form he yeah. barely touched me my one of my friends her name is i'll just leave her out one of my friends she's canadian whatever she told me she told me she was like he doesn't touch you that much why is he not he's not very affectionate with you like my husband is to me they were openly ooey-gooey, whatever, but they had also just recently been married, and I chalked it up to that. Right. But it was something I talked about with him all the time because like, physical hey, so touch... touch yeah, physical touch is something that I like. Yeah. You know? And when you're in a relationship, it should be something. I mean, unless you both are like, physical touch is not my love language, and that's yeah. fine. But I just thought it was so bizarre, like, when it stuck with me. It stuck with me. Yeah. And something else y'all don't know about this divorce thing and i'm just laying it all out there because i feel like i need to clear my name mm. a little bit um when it came down to hey we're done we're no longer together whatever i was so lost i was so hurt uh and he was just so callous like he started taking down pictures that night Tra- he basically just bought brought a bunch of trash bags out and just started trashing everything including my stuff my stuff i'm like hello that's mine. I'm I'm going to keep that. It was just fucking weird. Um, basically, and we hadn't even been going to couples therapy for that long. And he acted like I didn't want to. And I was like, yeah, I'll set up the appointment right now. I was the one that set everything up. Because if left to him, he wouldn't do it. I was the one that set everything up in our household. Did all the grocery shopping. Planned all the meals. Did all the cooking. Did like 90% of the cleaning. Unless I specifically asked, hey, can you help clean? Like, I was the doer in that relationship. It was just annoying. And so, you know, which is probably why I'm, like, somewhat lazy now because I've done it for years and I'm, like, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm lazy now just because I'm lazy. Well, that's fine. But, (laughs) but basically, like, he, where was I going with this? Um, I, oh, I was on my way to commit suicide that night. I was going to walk over. There was a freeway, like, entrance, and I was just going to go walk on the freeway entrance and um, basically go onto the freeway because it's a really dark road where, right where we're over. I don't know if you remember, Briggs. It was that one where if you go past on your way back to Fort Meade, yeah. that one, like, Jessup merge yeah. or whatever. And I was literally going to just throw myself in front of a car, which people drive crazy in Maryland, like... You know, and then if I didn't fucking, if I missed the first time, I would have just kept fucking doing it. I was determined. Yeah. And I, when I get something in my brain, you know this, I do it. And 
I called at that night. I called Briggs because he was my who I felt was my only friend that was non-judgmental about the situation that was literally just giving me advice like no you need to work on your marriage no you need to you need to continue seeing a counselor it's good for you i know you don't want to go i don't know you don't like your counselor but then change counselors do whatever like everything was advice on staying with this guy and he was suspicious of us which cracks me up yeah. uh i mean it's understandable i mean it's understandable yeah but like you have high moral values and he didn't understand that i even was trying to get you guys to hang out that one time but when you met him he was weirded out by you meeting him yeah which was weird because he was asking me why can't we hang out together and i was like okay let's do it yeah i'd be happy to do it yeah it was just so strange um and i called briggs and i was like you know what did i say to you i, th- I think i said something like i'm going i'm gonna kill myself or something yeah, like that for sure and that was the first line i think the opening line i'm gonna kill myself right now yeah and he talked me down talked me out of it and then i got this text from my supposed friend that was couple friends with me and my ex that was like you know whatever you're doing is stupid right now and i hope you're okay and all but your husband is over with my husband at our house crying he, I, I had to send my husband over to check on your husband to see if he's okay. I don't know what's going on with you. And just said all this shit, made me feel stupid, made me feel like shit. And at the same time was so incredibly rude. Basically said something along the lines about my depression being ruining my marriage. And I'm like, okay, so if that's the case, then that should be a sign that I need help. Not yeah. like, hey, how can we help you? What can we do to provide support? Not you're being stupid. you're stupid and your depression's stupid it's just like okay cool uh little did you know that and i literally was responding back i was like okay well thanks for the advice but this is really incredibly cruel to say to someone who's literally on their way to killing themselves right now not the best time friend Uh, yeah and i was like you just don't know what's going on in my head you don't know what's going on with me you're right because we're not really friends something something like that um but yeah that's the story now you guys know whatever um it's not some hidden thing you know whatever obviously i didn't kill myself i'm still here uh so those are my stories what's your story time how much time do we have at this point okay we have a crazy amount of time okay uh my story time uh i figure i do uh i'll do two uh, two easy ones. Um, cause I, I don't know which stories I've told and which ones I haven't one way or the other. Um, so, uh, both are Gage related because it's always a good topic, right? Yeah. Um, which Gage is his brother. Yeah. Gage is my, my, uh, dead brother for those of us who don't pay attention to what's going on. Um, so Gage and I joined the army at the exact same time. Well, we joined at the same time. He ended up, um, going to basic training before me by like six weeks or something like that and so um when i went uh i sent maybe three letters the whole time i was there right um and uh i received i want to say like four letters Right. right um and of those letters i'm fairly certain two of them in both directions was to gauge right to and from um, uh, and that was because he was going through the same thing I was, and we were able to get our, our information to each other, right? Okay. And so, 
Oh, I think I know this story. Yeah, and so uh, Gage, being a competitive person, um, and being ahead of me on you know the days and everything like that, he sent me a, a letter talking about like, hey, I just got done going to the range for the first time, right? And I shot uh, as a sharpshooter. Fuck you, you can't beat me. I'm the greatest, kind of thing, right? For those of you who don't know, um, the way that it works in the military when you go to a range, you fire at a target. Uh, and depending on, yeah, yeah, and depending on the target um, and how it's set up, you fire and uh, you get a score based off the number of hits you do on different positions and whatnot, right? And so, um, the better the score, the better grade of of uh, marksman you are, right? And so, at the lowest level, you literally are just a marksman that you just passed, right? Um, then next level up would be a sharpshooter, and after that is an expert. Um, and so what he was basically saying was that he had shot almost perfect and that, uh, and that I would never beat him because he is the greatest, the greatest, uh, as some would say. That day I happened to have shot, uh, expert. I had shot like 36 out of 40, which is nothing crazy. It means that four people would have killed me on the battlefield, um... But I shot better than him, which is the important thing. And so, and so, um, naturally, I had to craft myself uh, a letter. I had to craft myself a letter in response to my brother's uh, silly, silly message. Um, and so, I sent him a message saying more or less uh, that I was the greatest, uh, that I had shot better than him, and that uh, he was a little girl on the inside. And that all of his, his drill sergeants were little girls. And that uh, all these terrible things. I, I covered it with, with rainbows and unicorns. I don't remember everything that was on the letter, in the letter, and uh, on the envelope. Because I actually got all of the people in my bay, in the, the, the giant 60-man bay, uh, to help me craft this horrible letter. Um, with the sole intention of getting my brother horribly maimed by his leadership. Um, and yeah, we sent it off. Uh, it takes a long time for mail to make it to you in basic because, you know, it is, uh, it is a rough existence. You have to check it like you're in prison, I assume. Um, but, uh, eventually it did make it to him. Uh, and I didn't hear about the story of what happened to him until after I got out of basic training. Um, but he, uh... I ended up getting an, uh, um, uh, a letter back near the end of my time in basic training. Um, and it is similarly uh, doodled up by my brother. Um, but the one thing that is on there uh, that I get talked to uh, by my drill sergeant, a drill sergeant Buckner, if, uh, if uh, memory serves, um, is something like, uh, your drill sergeant pushes like a girl. That is the phraseology he uses, right? Yeah. Um, Drill Sergeant uh, Buckner, if memory serves, was a very angry black female. Um, she was the scariest drill sergeant there because she didn't give a fuck about you. Uh, she would try to get you to go to the hospital kind of person. Yikes. Yeah, she got reprimanded by our first sergeant because of shit like that. She would make you, like, push in 110 degree weather until you were... A heat casualty and had to go. Jesus. Yeah, and she would do it to the whole goddamn battalion. Uh, she was a fucking psychopath. 
Um, she's the one who, like, put her fucking foot on the back of that guy's head so oh. that her, her kid would win a push-up contest. Yeah. But, regardless, uh, she sees this because she's passing out letters she's throwing at people and she sees that message. She's like, Shalyn, what, uh, what does this mean? What does it mean? Uh, your drill sergeant pushes like a girl. Um, and my knee... My knee-jerk gut reaction was better than everyone else. And she's like, damn straight, and threw it to me. I'm like... <gasps> oh, my God. And everyone around me had that same reaction as I grabbed the letter off the ground. Um, yeah, that was Gage trying to, to get me to die. Uh, because apparently, uh, when my letter arrived to him, uh, he was made to uh, do some terrible exercise for, like... 40 hours or something Jesus. yeah like he had to go to medical for it it was so bad wow. uh yeah and so uh when i got out of ait uh or when i was in ait my mother came to me she hit me because uh i almost killed my brother because he was so dehydrated kind of thing wow yeah he and he was very pissed off when he finally ran into me what we we wrestled in the yard kind of thing what's your other story uh, so my other story uh, is further back from that. Um, my other story is when we were in Europe together, Gage and I, right? Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Europe is a hive of scum and villainy. Um, the states are weirdly very safe, all things considered. And uh, there's not as many con artists in the United States as there are everywhere else in the world. Um, wow. Yeah, it's true. It just, it, like, we had them back in the day, but they really have sort of gone to the wayside. There are some, but the way that they do it is significantly different than they do in foreign countries, particularly in, like, the European continent, right? Okay, so you went on this Europe trip. Explain to them. Oh, so uh, Gage and I went on a trip to Europe. I ended up giving him a trip to, to Europe for, like, his high school graduation gift. Um, and I basically got told, hey... We're not sending our son to, to Europe by himself because he's going to fucking die. So if you're going to send him out there, you got to go with him. So I was like, okay, fine. I prepared for this inevitability. And so we both went, and uh, it was a, like, I think it was 14 or 17-day trip. Uh, go to Europe, hit a bunch of fucking countries, um, and then come back. We were, like, traveling around in a, uh, like a charter bus or in, like, a big fuck-off bus with a bunch of other tourists um, but, uh, the end of the trip, we started off in England and we circled Europe and then we ended in Paris, right? That was the end of the trip and we were supposed to bounce back to England to fly out, but we flew out of Paris because it was a better spot. Um, or yeah, we ended in Paris because it was a better spot. Um, uh, but, so while we were in Paris, because that was the spot Gage really wanted to, to experience, he right. was... That was, like, the language he was really into was French. Yeah. Um, we had a couple weird, funny moments, right? Um, my One of my favorites was uh, Gage trying to teach me how to say, um, uh, get me to the ambulance quickly. Oh, my God. Yeah, which, for the life of me, I still don't know if I know how to say. Uh, it's like, I'm still going to, I'm going to butcher it. I know I am, Just right? Just do it. Just do it. It's like, no, see, I can't. It's, okay, okay, we'll yeah. continue. But um, Gage, again, has a high school level, at best, uh, understanding of French. And so we go wandering around. And 
in a similar vein, uh, I had wandered around Florence and a couple towns in Italy uh, during this trip, and I was able to direct us around because of video games, right? And so he wants to do the same thing in Paris using his French language, right? And so one of the places he really wants to go to is the Louvre, right? It's a big deal. You want to see the Louvre. And there's a lot of shit around the Louvre, right, to, to look at anyways. And so he's like, I want to go to the Louvre. And so he um, uh, finds a guy, and he, he, he says something like, um, Donde est uh, Louvre, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where is the Louvre, right? That's all he's trying to say, right? And the guy's like, mm, Louvre, Louvre, Louvre. Do you mean the Louvre? Oh God! Yeah, and he's like, "Uh, yes." And he's like, "Oh, right, mate. Uh, it's it's just around the corner." <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I can't do a British accent, but that was a British guy. He was just there in France, you know, he's living his life, but spoke great French. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, no, you don't say Louvre. It's just Louvre. It's just Louvre. You know, you don't need you don't need Ray." That's uh, hilarious. Yeah, and so uh, Gage got a little embarrassed with that. But uh, we start wandering around, and uh, we ended up grabbing hot dogs, um, and that's where I got the worst hot dogs of my life. Um, they were like, I don't know, steamed or something. They were bad. Weird. Yeah, I don't know what the French do with their hot dogs, but they were wrong. Uh, I, it's, I think they're the only hot dogs they ever just threw down in disgust. Um, yeah, and I which- was our fans or listeners yeah he loves hot dogs i have eaten hot dogs in every capital of every country i've ever been to uh and that's a lot guys i i've been to like 30 plus countries uh, jesus yeah so so um we wander around and we're walking around the louvre trying to find the entrance right and um we ended up getting stopped by some little gypsy girl right and some like I want to say she was like 20, 21, right? Um, and she asked Gage, uh, hey, uh, is this your your ring, right? Is this your, your ring? And he's like, no, it's not my ring. And, and um, I realize what the situation is. This, if you guys don't know, is a scam that is run mostly in foreign countries, particularly in France. Um, they, they try to tell you, hey, is this your ring? No. And then they try to get money out of you or they try to pickpocket you. It's one way or the other. Um, but yeah, uh, Gage is like, no, it's not my ring. And like, oh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll give it to you if you'd like. Um, it's pretty nice one way or the other. And so like, okay, yeah, I'll take it from you. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice like thing. We can give it to mom when we get back. I'm like, yeah, you do your thing. Right. Uh, and she's like, oh, how much, uh, how much do you have on you? Uh, looks like it's a pretty expensive ring. And, uh, Gage starts to explain how much money the two of us have. I'm like, oh, actually I don't have anything on me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm broke. Uh, I used all of it up earlier. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, um, this is how much I have, right? And so he starts, like, showing her his cast, and she just takes it and, like, gives him the ring and books it. And uh, he's like, was that a scam? I'm like, yeah, you, you just got scammed. That was, that, oh was, my God. that was a scam. And he's like, we will never speak of this. Uh, but he's dead, so he can't stop me from talking about it. Oh, my God. Well, <clears throat> do you have anything else to say? No, I think that's about it, one way or the other. Those were good stories. I love Gage stories. Yeah. They crack me up. He was a character for sure. If uh, We'll probably talk more about him, maybe have a Gage episode where we just shoot the shit about funny memories with him. He is so cool. Yeah, well, what I need to do is try to remember all of the stuff that happened on that trip. Yeah. Because there's so much. Yeah, you should. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, those are our stories. Those are story time. Sorry, I got triggered by mother-in-law stories on TikTok, oh, and that's what started this. And then I was like, yeah, let me tell you. Let me lay that. Let me let me lay down the law. Let me let me say some things. But it also just makes a big difference when daily, like I call my mother-in-law now. You know, pretty frequently. Wait, we you call talk. My mother daily? No, no. Sorry, not daily, but like frequently we call, we talk. You know, oh. whatever. And you know, it's nice. It's nice talk to her more than my own mom so anyways all right we love you guys don't be depressed dolphins don't swim to the bottom of your pool yeah uh, remember to breathe choose breath choose breath because you know dolphins get to choose breathing so anyways all right have a good one